Section 68 of Editorials from the Dial Magazine, Volume 66. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Panem et Circensis was the formula for the politicians of Imperial Rome, on which they relied to keep the underlying population from imagining vain remedies for their own hard case. Mutatus mutantis, in the vernacular of the twentieth century, this would be as much as to say the breadline in the movies. This is not a literal translation of the Latin motto. It amounts to an equivalence of practice rather than an equivalence of words. Panis, of course, is Latin for bread rather than the breadline, and the nearest modern equivalent for circensis would perhaps be the ball field rather than the movies. But then, as the Romans would say, tempora mutantur. Panis, of course, signifies bread, a product of the baker's art, rather than the breadline, which is a product of the associated charities. But in effect, as it comes into this imperial Roman motto, panem signify that certain salutary minimum of bread, without which the underlying population could not be counted on, to tolerate the continued rule of the imperial politicians, and of those vested interests that were entrusted to the care of the politicians. So it appears that the politicians of imperial Rome allowed the underlying population a ration of actual bread at some cost to the vested interests. It appears that the astute politicians of imperial Rome dared go no nearer to the modern democratic institution of the breadline, to those democratic statesmen who now bear up the banners of the vested interests also called the standards of law and order. This prodigal conduct of the Roman politicians will perhaps seem weak and little-minded, but something is to be allowed in extenuation of their pusillanimity. The politicians of imperial Rome had not the use of liberty loans and machine guns, and then the underlying population of that cruder age was perhaps less patient and reasonable, less given to promises and procrastination tempora mudantur the democratic statesmen of the twentieth century are more fortunate in both respects more particularly the mechanical appliances for preserving law and order have been greatly perfected and by suitable fiscal methods the underlying population which is to be kept in hand can be induced to pay for these mechanical appliances by which they are to be kept in hand so the statesmen of the twentieth century are enabled to let the breadline serve in place of the bread, and thereby to save the net output of the republic's industry more nearly intact for the use of the kept classes. But in the matter of circensis, too, there has been change and improvement during these intervening centuries since the glory that was Rome. Political practice runs on a more economical plan in this business-like age, the Roman circensis appear to have cut somewhat wastefully into the ordinary earnings of those vested interests by whose benefit the Roman imperium was administered, whereas the movies of the twentieth century are a business proposition in their own right, a source of earnings and a vested interest. And in ordinary times of peace or war, the movies supply what appears to be required in the way of politically salutary dissipation. Yet in time of stress, as is now evident, something more enticing may be required to distract popular attention securely, 
and keep the underlying population from taking stock of the statesman's promises and performance at a critical juncture when large chances of profit and loss or the vested interests are in the balance it may be well to take thought and add something to the workday routine of the movies even at some expense in case of urgent need to stabilize a doubtfully manageable popular sentiment the rant and swagger of many subsidized heroes and the pomp and circumstance and moving show incident to a victory alone should have a salutary use of the same kind expensive no doubt but then the cost need not be borne by those vested interests that are to be safeguarded from the corrosive afterthought of the underlying population and then there are available such heroic spectacles as a victory fleet together with parades arches and banners miles of banners and square miles of heroic printed matter costly no doubt but also doubtless salutary so also in case of need there is something to be made of such a thing as an overseas flight particularly if it be abundantly staged and somewhat more than abundantly advertised it is a potent resource capable of lifting the common man's afterthought into the upper air instead of letting it run along the ground of material fact where it might do mischief costly no doubt but then the cost need not be counted so closely since it is the common man who pays the cost the same common man who is forever in danger of getting into mischief by reflecting unduly on what the statesmen have been using him for and of course since it is the common man who is to be relieved of afterthought it is only reasonable that the common man should pay the cost panem et circensis the breadline and the movies end of section sixty eight